0: Okay, today on Lifestyle Medicine, we've got Tony Gallis, who's a licensed acupuncturist and herbalist. And where are you out of? Where are you hailing from nowadays? I'm in
1: Athens, Georgia.
0: Athens, Georgia. And you grew up in that area, correct?
1: Yeah, I actually grew up in Athens and then was gone for 20 years. And Cool. Yeah, you know, you know what they say.
0: <laughs> right. Hard to get away from home, man. Very hard. That's true, yeah. Well, for the people listening, Tony and I went to the same acupuncture grad school in Santa Cruz, California at Five Branches University and you I think I was coming in as you were leaving maybe.
1: Yeah. I yeah. think that was kind of Yeah, we um uh we were supposed to be out in 2009, I believe, but you know, uh, somehow a baby came into our lives. A, st- right. a stork dropped a baby off on our doorstep. <laughs> right. So, uh, so we didn't get out of there till 2010. But I don't remember what year you came in. You were pretty close to.
0: Yeah, I came in in 2008. But that first semester that I was there, I was actually taking on my prereqs at uh, Cabrillo, the community oh, college. Yeah, so yeah. I wasn't really there until like the following semester, like the the fall yeah. of whatever that you know the following semester so i think we got a year's time together more or less yeah. give or yeah. take and yeah. then i crossed paths with you originally i think you were teaching one of lee holden's qigong classes you were yeah. you were a sub or something like that
1: yeah like, yeah i taught a lot of his classes um you know because he was traveling tons and that yeah. was great it was an awesome opportunity to for sure um, interact at five branches in a different way and and uh teach at his classes too at the Qi center
0: yeah Well, Tony, will you give the, the audience kind of like a a rundown? Like I just said, you know, you're an acupuncturist and herbalist, (laughs) but can you kind of give a backdrop just to, yeah, how you found Chinese medicine, what you're doing now, because I've had a number of Chinese medicine people on here, but the cool part about Chinese medicine is that we all kind of engage it a little bit differently. Yeah. Common threads, but we all sort of have our own thing with it, our own relationship. So I'd love to hear, hear that from your side. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, it's interesting. I, um, I came to the Chinese arts in general uh, through an interesting path, and, and though not not probably um, unique, I when I was in college the first time, when I left high school, I went to college for a couple of years. I didn't last that long in college, because I wanted to get out and experience the world. I was done sitting in a desk. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I was a religious studies major, and had a focus on Native American spiritual traditions, and... Uh, studied some Eastern stuff too. So Taoism, Buddhism. Um, uh, so that was really my passion was coming from the spiritual side originally. I, like I said, I left, uh, school because academics wasn't agreeing with me anymore. Mm -hmm. I went on a bit of a walkabout. I sort of lived on the road for a while, you know, hitchhiking and riding freight trains and spending lots of time in the woods and living out of a backpack. Um, and then, you know, continuing to study these traditions, but from a more experiential perspective, right? So seeking out teachers, um, continuing my own studies, and, and trying to live a lifestyle that was in alignment with the basic principles that I was sort of finding that were common to many of these traditions. Yep. And at some point along the way, I don't even remember what it was, and I just had this this desire this knowing inside that somehow i needed i needed to study this tai chi thing Mm -hmm. you know it was this i I didn't really know anything about it i'd seen it a few times and it had always impressed me but it was really something beyond me it was just like you need to go check this out and um uh so i did i you know i went into it um not really knowing anything about it Mm -hmm. and that really changed the course of my you know it altered my path quite quite strongly because i i really fell in love with that art and spent the next you know really 6 or 7 years that was full commitment to studying tai chi
0: yep and just and, as a real side quick question there how uh, how old were you when you started official tai chi practice
1: that's a great question i was i guess in my early 20s maybe 24 23 24 something like that. Got it. Yeah. Which of course, you know, traditionally be incredibly late to begin a practice like that. Totally,
0: man. I started at 21 and they were like you're behind the curve. I'm
1: like, yes, like Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What are we to do though, right? Right, we're right. A, hopefully the next generation will be better off because right, we're right. we're here. Um yeah, so anyway, uh committed my life to that. Um was training tons and uh and then eventually sort of tried to figure out, well, how do, I, how do I truly revolve my whole life around this going forward and make this a sustainable path? Um, because I kind of felt split between my studies of Taiji and the Chinese arts and, and work, you yeah. know, trying to make a living at the time. For sure. Um, and, you know, how it is with the Chinese arts, kind of once you get in uh, underneath the surface level, you start to spread out. Um, those philosophical underpinnings lead you to other arts that are based on the same philosophical underpinnings. Discovered Chinese medicine at some point along with lots of other arts and, mm-hmm. um, and got, uh, yeah, sort of figured at some point like this is my ticket. Chinese yeah. medicine will be my ticket. Yep. And this will help me round out my understanding of this, of this, really this cosmology, this way of understanding the universe. Sure. Um, and, give me a, you know, and give me a career that will help me that will sort of anchor all of my passions around it. Yeah. So I went to Chinese medical school, you know, and somewhere in the first couple of weeks of Chinese medicine school, you know, somebody asked the question in a class, why did you come here? You know, and, and I was never like, I, I, I didn't, I'd studied healing traditions, but I, I wasn't, I didn't have any designs to be a healer. Right. My answer to the question was, "I want to understand the nature of the universe." Yeah, <laughs> go so, big or go home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, let's do this. Let's go all the way. Um, so yeah, so that was it, man. I went in, and um, you know, of course, what I thought Chinese medicine was, and I thought what I thought it would mean to me changed dramatically over the years, and Same. it continues to shift and change. Mm-hmm. And um, my perspective on all these arts is. Is incredibly, you know, phenomenally more grounded now than it ever was before, right? We all start from this idealistic place. Oh, yeah. And then, and then we take our hits and, 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 uh, and learn some things, and we learn where the boundaries are, where the edges are. We learn uh, truly um, actionable ways to push those boundaries and edges. Um, uh, but what I think we all learn at some point is that um, what we think the potential is is not what the potential is and we have yeah. to kind of um become tempered in the arts as we go
0: yeah agreed fully well thank you for the the overview no and it's there's some cool there's some cool threads in there because it's similar to what i mean we, we have similar interests obviously in the way we've yeah. approached you know chinese medicine but there were some similar threads there you know like academia i mean i i finished college but it wasn't um You know, like, academia just was never really my thing. So to go back to grad school was kind of like, oh, fuck, here we go again. Like, I'm going to do this. That's going to be rough. But, um, you know, what you said, you know, you found Chinese medicine sort of through martial arts. It was like that was your introduction. And it was the same way for me. And I didn't even know. I mean, I was so green. I just didn't know that tai chi was a part of chinese medicine like i kind of i thought chinese medicine was its isolated acupuncture and herbs by itself and then the martial arts were like a completely separate part of the culture it didn't even dawn on me that they they linked and i think Mm -hmm. that was that that was the hook and it was you know i fell into chinese medicine i moved to santa cruz at the time was in love with a girl followed her there and I got there and I started training with the tung Shidao people, who I didn't know were tung Shidao, you know, martial artists. And they all trained like four hours a day. And I was like, "You guys are like machines, but you're all high energy. So what's like, what's the deal? Yeah. What, what is this?" And they said, "Oh, we're all acupuncture students at five branches." Yeah. And I was like, "That's great, but what the hell does that have to do with this?" Yeah. You know, like it was. Still, I still didn't get it. And they said, well, you know, it's like yin and yang. You know, it's the the yin healing arts and the active yang destructive martial arts. They sort of, they're two pieces in there, but they're ultimately one of the same thing. And if you do one, it makes the other better. And it was just that, that dawning moment where I said, so you guys just do kung fu and heal people? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, Pretty well, much. I was like, I'm going to quit my job and go start, you know, start doing that. But it was the same kind of thing. I mean, it fell into it. Have you seen... um You're familiar with Jeffrey Yuen, Yeah. So one of the things he said, and I like what you just said, was he said, you know, you've got, there's knowledge and education, and then there's a living medicine traditions. And he Mm -hmm. said, there's a, there's kind of a difference. Like we can, you can memorize information like in the West about drugs and their actions. He said, but a living medicine tradition is where the relationship changes. Like your relationship with the medicine changes as you evolve. And the medicine changes you and it's this kind of two way street and you hit right on it. You're like, yeah, my relationship to, to, to it now compared to when you started has grounded out and changed quite a bit. Yeah. And I would love to hear, you said, you know, you had some idealistic threads as did I. So I would love to hear like, what's that look like in real time? What, sort of, what was the idealism in the beginning and what is the like grounded actual
1: reality now for you? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think a lot of my, you know, I, I, I did have a sense, like I said, at some point I developed this sense that these arts were connected. yeah. And there was something about that um, connection that really appealed to me. It It seemed like this complete system of traditional knowledge that in which every arena of life was touched on. And, you know, a lot of that, a lot of that, though, at the time, I think came from, uh, you know, exposure through watching kung fu movies, and of course, things like that, you know right. what i mean so so <laughs> so if that's your perspective, right and you and you yep. read um, you know you read books like uh, the Chronicles of Tao and things like that, and you see you you have this idealized view of um, of who these practitioners were
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, unfortunately, we live in a time, and particularly, I think, in a society where we're, we're really hungry for that traditional mm-hmm. knowledge. And so, knowing that a lot of teachers like to sort of dangle carrots like, all of those secret mystery things that you saw in the movies are true. Yes. I have the secret to them.
0: Yep. And
1: all you mm-hmm. have to do is pay and put in the time and keep paying, <laughs> you know, and, and eventually you'll get this secret right. knowledge. Right. Um, So, you know, I went down some of those paths, you know, I I was, I was young and idealistic and hungry too. Right. And so, um, uh, it's, it's a perfect opportunity I think for us to learn because we, we, we can follow the path and we can do the training as prescribed and, and we see what results we get and what results we don't get. We can also start, start to look at some of the people who are further down the path than us and say, well, God, you know, they, it, it seems like they're saying I can get this, um, but I'm not sure that they actually have it. Now, mm-hmm. come to think of it, you right. know, um, I'm not seeing evidence of, of what, the, what the promises so, that are being made. So, you know, some of it was, was hard, man. It was hard to feel disillusioned from that perspective and feel like, so, um, sobering yeah sobering and you know to have your trust toyed with a bit and 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 just feel yeah it was kind of sad yeah so um so that was part of it and and then part of it also i think is a recognition of the power of the principles that we're gifted with through the medicine and through the martial arts and through the meditative arts um and a come to jesus around what it would take to train that way to develop those to their full potential. And yeah. do we even have the time and, right. and energy and attention span in our current lifestyles right. to access that, you know? Yeah. And so I realized along the way too that I don't I have two kids and I have a business <laughs> and I have, you know? Like, life, uh, yeah. Yeah, I have life. And yeah. and um, not in the monastery. I'm not living in a cave in the mountains. Yeah. And so I I've had to sort of, adjust my expectations based on that too
0: yeah well said and uh i have a lot to mirror you know in what you just said yeah. but I, I agree with a lot of the same threads same uh, experiences and i think you know this has come up a, a, quite a few times in the people that i've interviewed on this podcast in particular about martial arts the cultivation of these arts and the sobering reality of how much time it actually takes to cultivate something if you want to be if you're striving for mastery in these things there's the approach of go to a mountain for 10 years and study it day in and day out Uh, isolate yourselves and just contain that bubble or you're going to be on the slower track because you have kids and you have life and we live in 2019 and there's just bullshit afoot that we have to navigate um, in modern times it's going to it's going to be it's going to look different and I think that's the thing that I think so many people, it's so common. It's nice to hear when people say it because I'm like, yeah, like I can relate as can a lot of other people. Yeah. And there's this, <clears throat> there's that reality that we have to, we have to deal with these things. We're still going to get something out of it, but the arts ultimately have to adapt a little bit now to if they want to survive. Like if we're going to yep. pass them on, it's not going to look like that old traditional way given the amount of technology we have. It's going to look different. And what I'm starting to see, too, is people that are not adapting. You know, the old, diehard traditionalists who are like, there's only one way to do this. And I'm like, boy, I hear you. And I think that was definitely right at a certain time in history. But if you don't Mm -hmm. adapt the teaching method and you don't, like, start getting seen in the digital world and you don't, it's like these things are just, they are going to lose their traction. And that's, that for me, the idealism part, that was the part that was difficult for me, that it's going to look different than the monastery on the mountain because there's something romantic about that. There's something so like go to the mountain and cultivate and be alone and just fully dive into the potential of what you are and what you can be. Like that's, you know, it's very, it's very romantic and it's very alluring. And, uh, you know, Lillian Bridges, who's my face reading teacher, we talked about that a bunch. She's like, yeah, like it's, you know, she read my face years back. She's like, you could do that. She's like, but getting married and have a baby is actually probably more like of what you're made of this go round. Like that's
1: right.
0: You can still do these things, you know, still touch on them. And I think that's been the idealism piece that you touched on. I've had to like loosen my grip on that, you know? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to live life and I'm going to do my stuff and I'm going to have kids and I'm going to, you know, do this, this whole human number of just real time life. Uh, but it's hard, hard to get to come to grips with when you're first being exposed.
1: I think it's really difficult to come to grips with and there's, and it happens. I think coming to grips with it for me has come in stages and waves, you know, Mm -hmm. I sort of been able to loosen a little bit each time (laughs) I, you know, gain some sort of perspective on it. But, you know, one of the things I had, I don't know if, did you ever know Rachel Abrams, um, she's a doctor in santa cruz uh yes yeah she's great she i I worked at uh, with them at the santa cruz integrated medicine after i graduated from school and Mm -hmm. rachel and i were having a conversation one time and we were talking about this very thing that juxtaposition of that desire to be on the mountaintop and cultivating you know with everything that you've got Mm -hmm. versus living in the life that we, you know, with, with family and relationships and work and business and, you know, we kind of ended that conversation with like, fuck, the monastery would be way easier than this. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that there's so much opportunity yeah. for growth, personal growth, yeah. and that this life actually can be a cultivation too. Yeah. In fact, it has to be on some level. It to, to to engage it, I think, in the way that what I, I can't remember the words you use, but what Jeffrey says, if you want to make this a living, medicine, engaged, yeah, right, then every aspect of our lives is opportunity to engage. Yes. And um, opportunity, therefore, for growth.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Agreed fully. But, you know, it's it's navigating at that. And I appreciate that you said that, you know, because it is the idealistic thing when we start, right? We're like, we're just going to, uh, we're going to do this and we're going to, we're going to somehow reshape our lives to fit into that hole. And it's like, boy, yeah, not going to happen, you know, with, with, (laughs) with the way things are, but it's, I agree with you. It's been a beautiful journey to sort of take the, you know, it's a metaphor that a lot of people use, but taking the training into everyday, sure, into into the monotonous, into the mundane, into the day-to-day activities. You Um,
1: know, that's so interesting because I, you know, there is this sense, I would shred this somewhere. I wish I could remember now the source, but, uh, Somebody was talking about, you know, training, traditional training, traditional training, martial arts or meditation or any of it. And they were like, if you're not bored as shit, you're doing something wrong. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? So that idea of the monotonous, you know, that that's part of it, regardless of which path you take. At some point, it's got to get monotonous or you're not. Doing it right, you know, <laughs> which was profound. I I really appreciated that because, right? I I do. I get bored. I get you know.
0: Of course, I get it's... bored with
1: my practices, and I get bored with my life. And yes, and I I long for you know, And so part of that desire for the mountaintop is a bit of you know it stokes that charge in us for that excitement of that romantic oh, yeah. deal, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, and there's a there's kind of a cool. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know how cool it is. It's just interesting to watch. But there's. As people go forward, you know, and we're all trying to, people that are studying these things and trying to keep aspects of Chinese medicine alive, whether you're doing feng shui, herbalism, acupuncture, martial arts, you know, whatever it is that you're you're putting your energy into, you know, what I've seen with like the Qigong movement and what I've seen with Tai Chi, you know, there's such a, it's such a, it's such a like circus sometimes. You go online and they've got, you've <laughs> got everything from like the telekinetic Jedi Qi projection oh. people who can like levitate people with their hands. And then you've got people who are totally capitalizing on the energy and spirit of the mountain, right? Like they're trying to sensationalize the mystical potential of what it could be. And they try to give these people really intense, life-changing experiences in a weekend. And then it's like they have the opening, right? They, they, they kind of blow out and just like, wow, I felt something in my body from breathing. And then there's no infrastructure for them to fall back on. And then they kind of, it's almost like they look for the excitement, the next workshop, just to get that hit again. But in the end, you fast forward five years, and I've known some of these people and seen them. And I'm like, but what do you actually? Where's yeah. the Where's the monotonous thing that you can repeat? Do you have that? And they're like, Yeah, but I don't want to repeat that. You know, like yeah. they get kind of like they they sure, want to they want to avoid workshop. it. Right, they go to the next yeah. workshop, and it's you know. It, I appreciate that you said that because I've had times in my training where there are things that I've I've really just repeated over and over and over and over again to the point where my like I want to pull my hair out. yeah. And invariably, something powerful always comes out of it. It's like, that's the threshold. You just have to get through that monotony.
1: 100%.
0: And then you're like, aha, there's yeah. something in here. And that's sort yeah. of, uh, that, like you said, it's beautiful. It's like, wow, that's, that is profound. There's something yeah. worth uh, scoping out here
1: yeah and it's you know it, and it never lasts that aha moment it never lasts as long as you'd like it to because then you just kind of got get back to or get back to work, <laughs> back to work. Um, yeah it's it's it really is it's you know I, I, the, the the idea of kind of going to a workshop and having these massive sort of opening moments is you know it's the way oftentimes um, psychedelics get used also right yep. it's like it's it's like having a helicopter come and pick you up from the trailhead mm-hmm. fly you to the top of the mountain let yeah. you see the Everything. vista <laughs> yeah. right and then and then but then the helicopter picks you you know you can't stay there nope right you get dropped back off at of the trailhead and if you're really committed to going back and doing it right then you start walking up the fucking mountain correct right? and so correct you know we we get a glimpse of what that might be like whether it's through you know, it's through these aha moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but to actually truly sustain those kind of realizations, it takes doing the work as yes, far does. as I can tell. I mean, I, I, I haven't seen another way yet. No, um,
0: there's no shortcuts.
1: I mean, there's no shortcuts. And if they
0: are, I feel like they're like the loop, right? It's like, oh, it's a shortcut that actually brings you back to kind of where you started. Like It's, a, it's a, like a side little break. I feel like right. it's not really yeah. an actual shortcut. Well, let me ask you this, because you and I both, you know, we both kind of been very heavily influenced by the martial art traditions, and mm-hmm. you're a kinesthetic, body-aware person. I remember when you taught Lee's class, and I loved your alignment breakdown. I'm like, yeah, man, this is like you're speaking my language.
1: Right. So there were
0: some good pieces in there. But you studied yang style tai chi. That's what you teach right now, mm-hmm. correct? So, yeah,
1: I mean, I've studied a bunch of different martial arts, but that's been the thread that's run through all of it right. from the beginning. Right, yeah.
0: that was like your baby in the beginning, and it's the one you're with now. Yeah, yep. Yeah, so when you when you are teaching Tai Chi now, and I'm sure you have some people that are patients, people that are like associated with you, and then you've got people coming in. You know, how do you do you bridge the teaching of Tai Chi as an aspect of Chinese medicine? Do you keep it? You know, sort of as a movement practice. Like, how do you mm. how do you disseminate the art in a way that's? Do you give it context, or do you sort of let it be quiet and you know find them? Like, how do you approach it? Because everyone's a little different, and I'm always curious.
1: That's a really great question. People come to the art for lots of different reasons, right? Some people, most people, are looking for you know a health practice. Um, mm-hmm. People are looking for a meditative practice. Yep. You know, an energy practice, whatever that means. Um, And some people are looking for martial art. So really, you know, the beautiful thing about this art is that no matter what you're coming to the art looking for, the basic underlying core principles of the art will serve that purpose, whether it's martial arts, Mm -hmm. health practice, meditative art, So there is no need to uh, water down those principles. Um, In fact, to water down those principles or to leave them out altogether, which I think happens a lot, is doing everyone a disservice. Again, the the people looking for the health practice Mm -hmm. are, are, are not gonna get the health benefits that they could get. Certainly the people obviously looking for a martial art are never gonna be able to progress. People looking for a meditative practice um, are going to be awash in sort of this nebulous um, gray area of I don't even know what I'm supposed to focus on. Right. right? So with a focus on core principles, it really should serve everyone no matter what. And so I kind of, on, on day one, night one of a class, it's sort of like, okay, look, this is a principles-based approach uh-huh. to this art. And I don't, it, in the end, I, it doesn't matter um, what form you do. It doesn't matter how far you go. If you find a way to embody these principles in movement, you, in a sense, you have you you are successful in your approach to the art. So, so that's sort of the starting place. And then, yeah, yeah. other than that, it's you know I, I. What's most interesting to me is to is the martial stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and so I am always looking for those people who sort of catch the bug, you know? So beginners, a wave of beginners come in and there'll yeah. be one or two out of 10 or 15 that really, you can see it, you know, sort of like, yeah. oh, this is really deep and intelligent art and I'm, yep. I want more. Mm-hmm. And so those are the people that I'm really interested in sort of. So actually, I'm really I'm really stoked right now that I have a student who has been with me for about four years now mm-hmm. to actually husband and wife and they've just been super dedicated. Yep. And so this time um this next round of beginners forms classes they're going to be teaching oh that's cool because yeah. i'm i'm really stoked about that because the, yeah the beginners mm. uh, forms classes can be can drag and um because there's not that single point focus of the entire class being in it for the same reason sort of correct it, um, it doesn't feel like the best use of my time to mm-hmm. to teach that class so yeah i'm you know, I think it's important and I'm really glad to offer it. I just don't want to teach it anymore.
0: Yeah. Fair enough, man. Yeah. People get, I think that you're not the only one people get to that place, um, where they're, yeah, they just, they want to, they want to get into the the deeper stuff with the people that are really, you know, amped to, to be yeah. there. So the thing that I've noticed too, in teaching Tai Chi is that, you know, I've had, um, I started teaching in Sacramento about four years ago. So I've mm-hmm. got like, and I've had a, a there's a, a sizable handful of people that have been with me since that time that have been there like consistently, same thing. And yep. to see where they are at the four-year mark, we're like, wow, there's really some sizable shifts now in terms of how mm-hmm. their bodies are moving. And this is, this is a lead-in to my next question for you because when I talk to people about the benefits, I'm like, okay, you're four years in now. like what's What's different in your life? And mm. it's a little different for everybody, but there are some threads that I'm always... Um, I did, it didn't occur to me to even ask that question until about a year ago. Uh, I don't know mm-hmm. why, but I kind of was like, I know what it's done for me. But I I start, started to get curious because I was seeing that they were moving yeah. differently. I'm like, so what the hell? <laughs> What's going yeah. on inside your life? Because it changed mine. And I've got a few different things that, that I've heard. You know, one is um, people are less reactive. You know, that's one. Like my, like my mom, who's been with me for four years. She started, she came to my yeah. class just to be supportive but yeah. she's like, I never thought I would love this and enjoy teaching it and doing this kind that's, of thing.
1: That's awesome. Man. Yeah,
0: it's very cool. So she she came in, but she's like, I'm way less reactive. Like stuff sort of, you know, if there's a problem with something in the political sphere, she's like, yeah, it bothers me, but it's way less. Like it just kind of comes in and out. There's a yielding to it. I kind of, you know, just deflect it. I move with it. It's not a big deal. And then she's got, of course, like the mobility stuff. She's like, "Yeah, I didn't be able to. I wasn't able to bend over and wash my face in the sink. Now I can. Like my my low mm-hmm. back is way more limber." And mm-hmm. then other people say that they're just physically um, sometimes stronger, or they're more attentive to how they navigate their terrain. You know, how they walk, like how they go through the grocery store when they cook. They can just feel that things are moving differently. Yep. But I would love to hear if if you're if you're you know if you've asked your students or if you've seen or experienced what changes for the people that have been with you for a period of time when they've been doing tai chi do they they talk about it do they, do they say anything about what's different for them
1: god that's such a great question gray i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to ask my next class i'm going <laughs> to ask everybody in that class what's changing for them because I, I realize that that's not a question i regularly ask and it's a beautiful question um you know i know for some of my more advanced students that have been with me for a long time i i because we've been together for long periods of time and mm-hmm. we see each other not just in classes but in private lessons and things like that too. So I know what they're looking for. Yes. Um, and so, and it's different for different people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have, a, I have one student who is really, really in it for um, trying to wrangle focus and attention uh-huh. and it's a great art for that. Yeah, and it, it is. it's such immediate feedback when you're not paying attention um, the way your body moves is right. right is completely different to when you are paying attention, and so that kind of feedback, um, particularly too, right? If you get into push hands, because then you get even more immediate feedback. Um, you know, you could maybe fudge it a bit if it's a if it's a um, if it's a solo form or solo practice, right? And you don't, and you're not paying attention, then you're not paying attention. So it takes somebody from the outside saying, "Hey." you know, you right. need to pay back, you may pay attention to the hip track or you need to sink into the legs or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, from a push hands perspective, of course, you get immediate feedback. Yeah, you you feel that, uh, the way that your, your ability to, um, align your structure is, has everything to do with how the interaction's going. So, um, so I think that's really important. And I, you know, I, I that's something that I'm, I've, I really try and impart to people that
0: mm-hmm.
1: push hands you don't have to have any interest in the martial aspects of tai chi right to have to get huge benefit from push hands practice yeah okay. um, because you do get that feedback and so that's one of the huge things you were saying like when you see something shift for people the mm-hmm. probably the biggest shift that i ever see is somebody can be doing form for in some cases they've been doing form not with me but for 20 or 30 years right but they've never done any push hands practice and then they do just very basic push hands practice And all of a sudden it's like that, you know, wow. Yeah. This, you know, my, I I had no idea what I was doing and now everything's changed. Um. Yeah.
0: I, there's, yeah, (laughs) so many different directions I could go with this. Mm -hmm, So when we were talking before this podcast and you told me that your system has a pretty in-depth, you were lucky to be exposed to a very in-depth push hands um, you know, over the years of everything that I've trained, that's like one of the deficiencies in my larger structure. I've got very little structured push hands. I've got stuff that I've picked up from like friends and acquaintances and, you know, touching teachers for a period of time, but it's never been a structured thing. And it's one of the things that I'm always sort of knowing as I go forward, I'm like, I have to like fill this discrepancy. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so where I personally, where I kind of fill the discrepancy is like, uh, doing more martially oriented forms, studying Shingi. I started studying Shingi with Tim Carmel. Well, nice. And he's like I got him on the podcast a while back. I think he was episode twenty-two. I can't remember. I, I don't want to give the wrong episode, but you know, I had him on, and when we were talking about this, this was one of the things that came up. He just what you said, which is, you know, the structure. The common ground, essentially, what we got out of that interview was, you know, the common ground between the healing aspect of the arts mm. and the fighting aspect is this biomechanical structure. They both share totally. this, yeah. this share the same common ground, right? Like the the mechanics that will yield healthy joints and fluid compression and all that good stuff is still going to be the same as the stuff that you. It's just how you turn the volume up on it. You know, like do totally. you do you want it for explosive power or do you want it for like deep internal nourishment to fluids and joints? Mm-hmm. So we got to this place and I've realized, you know, I've I've had to adapt that very thing that you're talking about, which is, you know, now muscle testing is something that like Tim uh, brought into the picture as well as Jared Lash, who's who hosts him in Arizona. When I go, Jared's awesome, but muscle testing, you know, essentially what I think is push hands is doing when I've done good push hands, Mm -hmm. people are putting force into your structure to see where you can identify your discrepancies and theirs, right? That's a two way, two way street. You're like, whoa what i thought was this really beautiful soft posture is actually kind of pointless in a sense if these things are not happening because it doesn't hold any weight you know it can't yeah. it can't receive force and recently as of like just a few months ago i started doing uh structure testing with my my students and i put i put um we have a hardwood floor in the studio mm-hmm. and so we put these like wool rugs or wool mm-hmm. blankets underneath one person's feet and i have them hold a posture you know put one leg back one forward and we get them into a tai chi posture and then we have people push them and if the structure is correct they just slide across the floor in that position that I, right right, so they right. Just, they without just collapsing, without yeah. collapsing and their body's yeah. not moving and it's amazing just to see when we push on people right huh. away if their back is off right they push in their back and I start to stand up and I'm like nope angle's yeah. not quite right right there's yeah. Yeah. so there's some cool things but i th- i think you're um i think you're you're absolutely right like if that if that piece is missing i feel like the the efficacy of the arts, and even at a health level, right? Like you said, even if you're not fighting, you still need to understand that your body has some biomechanical principles that are solid, they're on point, yep. and they're going to be, um, you know, needed to go to the deeper levels. So Absolutely. when you're doing the, the push hands with people, um, what do you notice in terms of, like, what's the biggest hitch for people? Is it, uh, you know, they don't like touching other people? Do they think it's violent? Like, what is the, is there any kind of like pushback from push hands?
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the biggest, I think the biggest challenge is okay. Actually, I would say there's challenges on both ends of the spectrum on the one end of the spectrum. It's just getting somebody in the door who right. doesn't think that they're at all interested in any of the martial aspects of the art. Yeah. They didn't come here for that. They're not interested in that. They yep. came here as a health practice, it's like a hex. Yeah. They're
0: just like, Get yeah, away. Right.
1: yeah. That's, that's right. So so convincing them um, that they should a just try it, and then creating a very safe environment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the other thing people are scared of is is that they're that they're going to walk in um, to people breaking boards and high eye, and then you know like they, they just don't know. Right. Uh, they're scared. They don't want to get hurt. Yep. Uh, they don't want to get pushed around.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So creating that safe environment. On the other side, actually, interestingly, I find this a lot, which is um, people who look at building a push-hands curriculum from the ground up, um, because in a sense, in order to get the mechanics right, and you touched on this, you sort of have to take the martial component out of it, mm-hmm. or, or rather, the competitive component out of it, right? Um, in order to build you know, a strong foundation. So what you were saying is a great example, right? Most people come in, if they have that competitive, you know, if they're a martial artist, they're already a fighter and they have that, um, mindset, then they come in and all they want to do is win. Yeah. Right. I want to push you off your base. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so, um, rather than let me use this interaction to find where my deficiencies are, which is how you, what you were saying, right. Um, and, and let this, it, let this force fill me up and point out the places where I need improvement um, as a way to become more efficient in the use of my structure and, yeah. and principles. So um, so I think on both sides of that spectrum, um, there are challenges to people. So oftentimes, on the fighting end, on the people who come in from other martial arts, um, they have to let go of some of that, I am doing this to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's less of a doing, right, and more of a being. And that sounds really, you know, spiritual and everything. But <laughs> it's true, right? Like this is yeah. true in order to, like what you were saying, right? Posture testing is a great example. It's not the posture that you're holding. It's really easy to think about from an application perspective. You know, this is what I'm doing to someone. Um, but I think before you ever go there, it's really about can I make – a strong shape yeah can i make a strong shape yes with my body mm-hmm. and maintain that strength that integrity of a structure yep right um and if you can't do that um because you're always thinking about what you're supposed to be doing to this imaginary opponent mm-hmm. but, which creates all sorts of tension lines in the body and oh, you yeah. know and it breaks the structure down more than it builds it up um then there's challenges there on that side too
0: yeah it's pretty cool to have that it took me a while to get that realization. It, it's kind of a contradiction. You know, when I got into... I don't know. I couldn't make sense in my head in my 20s. I was, you know... 20s are a crazy time. But, like, when I they got are. when I got into martial arts and started, like, really, you know, diving into study formally... My, I studied... A, my first style was a Wan, which is an internal, external Korean style. One mm. of the best instructors I've ever had, if not the best, uh, Chuck Duran. And he... You know, when we got in there, I was... I wanted to study the fighting arts, but I was very yeah. adverse to doing... any I, I was also anti-violence, and I was just very kind of excessively idealistic and passive in my mindset, and I kind of equated that, like, violence is just bad, and I think it is fundamentally, you know, it's not a great thing, but I was in that place of, like, I can't study fighting arts because it's going to make me more aggressive, and it's fundamentally not spiritually aligned with who and what I am, and I just kind of had this record in my head... And then I remember sort of as I was training martial arts, I was I was sort of sidestepping the martial application. Like I would train the kicks and I would do the things and I would throw the punches, but I was not wanting to interact with a person. And it really started to bite me ass about five years into my training. I mean, it was always biting me, but I didn't realize right. it until I got into it. And then once I realized that piece, I thought, damn it, like I've really been missing out on that. You know, structure piece. Like it's not mm-hmm. just a pretty movement. It's not just a yeah. a blind execution. There needs to be some kind of structure. And then when I embraced it, um, you know, things started to get considerably better. But I've found there are people that are of the same mindset. You know, it was good for me to be there. Overly yep. I- idealistic. So yep. um, that was kind of cool. You know, to see that and to to understand that and come to that place over time. You know, I, I was glad to 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 finally find the mark.
1: Yeah. I think it's important. I mean, you know, uh, there, there is no way around it that no matter what you think you're doing, unless it gets tested, you just can't know whether it's effective or not.
0: That's absolutely right, man. Um, do you think, I guess in the context of this stuff, like when you're doing Tai Chi, um, you know, doing all of your Chinese medicine stuff, do you Mm -hmm. feel like is there cohesiveness between these things that you're doing? Like, do you? I know personally, like when you're you're doing acupuncture, how much? Like, what would you say your pra- of acupuncture of your Chinese medicine pie? How much of it is acupuncture? How much of it is?
1: Well, you know, honestly, I'd say I'd say ninety percent of my patients who walk in the door get acupuncture. Okay, maybe eighty-five. You know, there are some people I just do herbs with, but almost everyone when they show up we're going to do some acupuncture to support, even if we're primarily doing herbs, so herbs are the primary um, treatment method, we're still doing some acupuncture to support right. that treatment they come in.
0: Got it. And do you, in your own personal experience, you know, like, are you seeing cohesiveness between like your Tai Chi practice, your acupuncture practice, mm. your herbal practice? And if mm. so, what is that cohesiveness? Like, what is the common thread? Like, what's the, what's the confluence there?
1: God, that's such a great question, man. I, um, you know, I remember when I was in school, acupuncture school and I, I don't, I, Oh, I, you know, I think I was like an intern at that point. So I was in my last year, maybe in clinic mm-hmm. and I was seeing my own patients, right. Supervisors in the back room. And, you know, oftentimes the students, the younger students will come to see you. Yeah. You know, an older student, right. In clinic for sure. And, um, One of the so at that time I was teaching Tai Chi class in at Five Branches, Mm -hmm. and um, so one of the younger students that had been in my Tai Chi class came to see me in clinic, and she asked me, you know, what's the connection (laughs) between Tai Chi and 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 I was at the point, you know, I think I think when we begin, like it's it's uh, it's sort of, you know, at first mountains are mountains and rivers are rivers. Then mountains are no longer mountains, rivers are no longer rivers, and then again, mountains are mountains, rivers are rivers. Yep. I, you know, I was in that place where I was just like, when she asked me that question, I was like, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> no, clue. no, clue. no clue. No idea what the <laughs> yeah. connection. Is, you know, I thought I did. Right. In the early days, I thought I knew what the connection was, and then, right. You know, I think um, now what the connection is to me has to do with true holism mm-hmm. so I, I mean i've been blessed to study with teachers who you know taught me acupuncture techniques from the perspective of truly connecting to the skeletal system and and then all of a sudden all these push hands you know this experience of push hands really comes in where you're sort of riding the skeleton and yeah. you know that was profound it was like oh shit there it is you know yeah, that's yeah. one of them. but, but yep. Really, I think more than that, even, because, you know, how do you apply that to herbs, for instance, that it's just really about a, a complete view of life. I think it goes back mm-hmm. to looking at those, um, looking at those old Kung Fu movies and, and one of the thing that drew me to that was this idea of a Renaissance man, someone who has proficiency in multiple areas of life. Yeah. And that. And that we don't always have to delegate our uh, responsibility to um, for our health and wellness to, to others. We can yes. take care of, ourselves. Um, and that that requires to some degree a, a renaissance approach, meaning mm-hmm. being being proficient in multiple different arenas of life. Yep. And so, obviously, in the Chinese arts. The, again, we go back to those philosophical underpinnings are the same, right? So it does start to, when you start to look at yin yang and five element and you know and bagua, and you start to see how those things apply to medicine and apply to martial arts and apply to, you know, you, you start to put that together a bit. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I think even more than that, it's just about. Um, it goes back to what you were saying about Jeffrey U.N. Right? It's about mm-hmm. living. Living this engaged life,
0: right, and staying right, staying engaged, staying active, st- yeah, and staying, yeah, connected to it, and letting it, uh, letting it change you. You know, I one of my my undergrad was a sculpture, ceramics, and drawing major. That was like my my whole family like are artists, and I come from that kind of lineage. And I remember one of my teachers saying to me, she said, when you look at a piece of art. She says, "You have to let it in and let it dialogue with you there there, there is an opening that you have mm. to let artwork kind of come into you, otherwise yeah. it she's like, if you just blanket it and you're like, that's a political piece and I you know you just won't give it the time of day or if you shut yourself down, she said it doesn't really work. Art is fully an opening process for it to to change mm. you. it has to like hit you yeah,
1: no. that is,
0: yeah i, I that... was it blew me away at like twenty two I was like that is deep, like you do have yeah. to let art." in it's not just a you go after it it's definitely a a receiving kind of thing and i thought damn that's very true with these arts right with chinese medicine you have to let it in and you have to live it and adopt it and practice it and see where it takes you and the crazy thing is right it all speaks to us a little differently it's like everyone paints the apple a little different Mm -hmm. you got 30 people in a room and it's like paint the apple everyone's gonna be a little bit different you know
1: I think, you know, god, that was such a that's that's deep man. That's really profound. I appreciate thank you for saying yeah, that. Yeah. And and I think that you know, one of the one of the things if, if I look at it from that perspective, one of the things about all the Chinese arts that I feel engaged with every day is the fact that I have a living relationship that requires me to show up every single day Mm -hmm. with these arts Mm -hmm. it's not like you get it and you move on yeah right none (laughs) of these arts are linear in that way they're all circular that circular knowledge and so um if if i truly want to do my part and show up for the art and honor the gift of of these arts that i've been you know Mm -hmm. given then i i I have to double down every day and kind of dig a little deeper and so, in a sense, it's almost like these arts have taught me about commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About how to commit myself to an imperfect relationship, because all relationships are. Yeah. Um, and let the arts, like you were saying, let the arts change me. Let them pull me forward into, you know, again, not into mastery, but toward mastery as yeah. our, you know, as our beacon that we're aiming for um, that we'll never reach. Mm-hmm. Uh you know it 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 does every day it pulls me forward and, and I get lazy and I get tired and I just want to shut sure. down and then sure. and then the next day I show up and it's like okay you know I get a new patient walk in the door something challenging or like a student asks me something in class or you know something in my own I I have to I have to reinvigorate my my love my passion my commitment yep and then peel off another layer and dive deeper
0: yes yeah agreed man I mean I could not agree more and you know, where this started to really, this idea, that thing that my teacher, uh, Sherry Simon, said to me, she said, let, you know, let the art in. I mean, I remember sitting with that idea for a long time. And when I was studying Tai Chi, you know, really intensely many years back and really trying to get into it and just wrapping my mind around it, it started to sink in, um, especially in recent years when I've been teaching. You know, you're actively teaching and my teacher's in uh Kunming, China. You know, so like how often do I see him? I'm left. Right my the form is my teacher yeah. it's sort of like that's the thing i've keep i'm brought back to and i have to train it and when my teaching is getting stale or i'm feeling like i'm not providing any kind of new insight i'll go to the form and i'll just you know just i mean run it like just maybe 50 times in a day just boom 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 and invariably things crop up out of that i'm like mm. holy shit there's an that's something to touch on that was a little different you know there's this thing and i think that's the cool thing is that built into these gestures are there's an intrinsic intelligence that's it's like something you're attaching to right like you're writing it and then while you yeah. write it you get to feel the bumps and you get to feel the terrain and then you're like okay and i'll go back and help my students yeah. navigate that terrain a little better but i mean i've that's the thing i've realized that it's like it is built into the the structure right it's built into the movements that like you yeah. said at the beginning you like it's an intelligent art highly mm. intelligent like there's a highly lot yeah it's not it's elegant and it's smart it's very sharp in that way and i was going to say to your your piece um that you mentioned a minute ago too you know when you were saying the common thread right it's it's this um relationship to commitment there's like this mm-hmm. thing that's like been very real for you and i would say for me the thing that i'm one of the common threads, because I would agree with yours 100%. And the other one is, um, you know, I don't like using the word intention because it gets, it gets a little woo-woo new agey sometimes. Yeah, sure. But the intentionality behind these things has really started to like, it started to get in there. It's a common thread. Mm-hmm. The use of acupuncture needles, you know, mm-hmm. dropping the needle in, sending your intent of what system you're attempting to stimulate and what affect you're trying to create in the person. Yes. Tai Chi, good God. Yeah. Intent on yep. where, where your hands shape, where something moves, how your mm-hmm. spine compresses. You're, you're constantly intending into yep. your body. And then Lillian Bridges said something about feng shui in a couple episodes back. She said, Everyone gets into this thing about, you know, change your, change your bed and change your life. You know, change the direction of your bed and your life changes. And she's like, That's not really what it is. When people start shifting their environments, it's because they're intending to change something in their life. And there's this intention piece. And that's, yep. You know, I don't have it. I think in 10 years, we'll hop on another call and I'll be like, Tony, I got new things that are common, you know, (laughs) but for now, intention seems to be pretty strong where I'm like, that is a confluent thread through all of them so far for me. Like that's pretty damn consistent. And, um, you know, herbs were like my weakest area. I'm getting better with adaptogens and tonic herbs and stuff. But even with herbs, I mean, it's, you are intending an effect as a, Mm. as a result of a relationship, you know what Mm -hmm. that plant does. Mm-hmm. And so all these things kind of come together in a really beautiful tapestry, you know, but it's, um, it's still kind of, I mean, it's definitely feels like a mystery. I'm still kind of navigating yeah. it. Like I don't have all of it, but I'm like, here's one thread I know that's yep. solid, you know?
1: Well, I love what you said. Um, you know, there was a joke, there was a running joke in our Taiji group and this, my original sort of posse up in, um, Vancouver that, You know, the answer to everything was like, oh, just give it 10 years. So true. Oh, you don't get it? Oh, just give it 10 years. It's fine. It's true, right? I think we could definitely have another discussion in 10 years and 10 years after that and 10 years after that and be giving very different answers. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I love how you said that, man, is uh, we are riding it, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: It's like it's taken us for a ride. and, And I think we especially maybe in our culture we we maybe most of us approach these arts as i'm gonna do chinese medicine right you know um or i'm gonna do tai chi or i'm gonna do martial arts and really in the end i think to to achieve any level any deep level of understanding we do kind of have to release and and let the art teach us and we have to submit ourselves to some degree to the process yep Uh, yeah
0: and it's and that's a that's a difficult process. I mean, it is, it's been not easy for me. Relinquishing the control, you know, relinquishing the, the grip yep. has not been the easiest feat. And um, But the more I do it, the better things get. And I've also seen the teachers that I've had over the years, some good, some not so good. And the ones that have the really tight grip,
1: mm-hmm.
0: oh boy, yep. it's yep. so not sustainable. Like I know, it's, I know. It, yep. it falls apart something fierce, like people that are yep. just like, this is how it's done and you have to do it this way. And I'm like, whoa, Mm -hmm. time. First of all, that feels shitty. Like at a fundamental level to me, I'm like, get the fuck off the horse. you like, ultimately you don't know either. Even if you're 10 years older than I am, I mean, you don't know either fully. Like we, you know, people are better at it, but then the people that are, you know, the teachers that are like, have a healthy dose of, I don't know. Yeah. I, but, but here's how I've done it. And try it that way and see what it's like for you I mean that yeah. I, that approach has been so much healthier but I also realize too you know you gotta have really firm structure in some ways you know it's a very contradictory, totally. contradictory process
1: well as yin and yang right Yeah, I mean it's so true right yep. that, that on the one hand we do have to hold ourselves our focus our intention and then at the same time we have to release and let go yes um,
0: yeah
1: that's yin and yang <laughs>
0: yeah
1: yes it is what my friend <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> Why you got to be so difficult? Why? And, uh,
1: <laughs> Why indeed? <yeah. laughs> you know, I have a I have a one of my prim, my primary actually Taiji teacher um, ha- has always said he sort of considers himself um, not a teacher as much as a uh, what did he say like a a, um, a, a researcher essentially
0: uh-huh. like
1: he believes that his students are not necessarily students but they're essentially like lab assistants and and he's he's putting forth hypotheses. And then, and then everybody's sort of working those things out. And then he's constantly observing, well, well, okay, well, how does this actually work? How does this actually play out? Like, this works for me, mm-hmm. but does it work for 80% of the class? Yeah. Or does it work for two, these two guys over here because they're built similar to me or they have mm-hmm. mindsets? You know? um, so having that, that openness again to uh, working with it. Yeah. Coming, showing up to it every day and asking questions of it and then being open enough to hear the answers yes. rather than, you know, imposing your, your answers on the art.
0: Oh man, you just, you, you just threw me into a full like flashback, like what you just said hit a pretty strong chord and and it, uh, so I'll, I'll drop this in here because just the way you said that, that is exactly, so oh God, it was about a year and a half or two years ago now. Mm-hmm. I did two ayahuasca ceremonies. the only mm-hmm. two I've ever done. And that was plenty. I'm like, that might I might be full for five years. I have no yeah. idea, you know, but uh, yeah. there was plenty in there. And uh, true to form, like you said, it was the helicopter ride. But when I got up there, I was like, I don't want to take another ride. I think I'm going to just yeah. go back to the forest, <laughs> be covered in the canopy for a while, and just yeah. deal with what I just saw. Yeah. But um, that was exactly, man, God, the way you just said that, I thought, whew, Like that's exactly how it felt. When I went into the ayahuasca ceremony, I didn't really I didn't mean to do this. It was more of kind of like a subconscious like program I was running. But when I went into that ceremony, I was definitely showing up to the metaphoric ayahuasca bar. You know, if it were a building and was walking in and was like, you know, I'd like a, I'd like a couple of yeah. shots and I'd like you to really like blow my mind. You know, there yeah, was definitely yeah. that kind of an energy of me going to it and saying like,
1: let's get this party started. Yeah.
0: Let's get this going. Like open the doorway, you know? And, um, I don't know. I don't know how long it was in, but I think it was about an hour in. It, it felt like, it felt like the ayahuasca, you know, spirit, whatever got incredibly large. Like, like, you know, I was an ant and it was a redwood tree. Like it just got mm-hmm. massively large and it kind of just towered over me and looked down on me and just stared at me. And I remember just shr- like inside just shrinking and being like, oh, God, I think I have just approached this the wrong way. And it was mm-hmm. like, no, 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 no. You don't come in and ask and like tell me or ask for what you want. I tell you what you need. Mm-hmm. And I, and I remember just being like, okay. And I remember I just sat there in silence, like internally mm. for a long time waiting. And then it was like the, the journey sort of began, but what you do, mm. that's exactly it, man. Like, it was like, you don't come wow. to it and take something. It's yep. like, it's going to give, it's going to be, it's a reciprocal relationship, but it's definitely going to be giving something to you. And it kind of yep. goes back to that opening up to the art thing, you know, like letting it yep. in Absolutely. And, just, and hands off, like, all right, this thing's going to school me in the way it needs to.
1: I mean, the, the, the fact that these arts are so old and that so many people so much smarter and more dedicated than us yeah. have, yeah. you know, have built and passed on, um, like if, if we, if, if I made any small contribution that was recognized by anyone, right, it would be a massive win. Like, I can't even imagine that,
0: yeah, you
1: know, that, that, that could even be possible because, it is, I mean, it's, it's, I love how you said that, like you're an ant and, and the ayahuasca is a redwood tree, but these, you know, these arts are like that too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, they're like ants in the face of something this. large. Yeah, massive. <laughs> yeah.
0: <Right>. Incredibly big, <laughs> much yeah. bigger. Well, I got a question for you. So, given that, and like you said, the people that came before us, right, these traditions that have been so much smarter and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or that have just, essentially fabricated and created these arts, right? And, and, they, and they've given them structure for something to be passed down. Like, what's, what's your vote? When people have asked me, they're like, so how did people figure out Tai Chi? How did they figure out all these mechanics inside the body? How did they figure out meridians? How did they figure out which plants did what? How did they figure, and I'm like, oh boy. Like, how yeah. do you even answer that question? But, yeah. you know, I'm always like, you know, loosely, I'm like, I vote extraterrestrials. Like, they probably yeah. came down, like, the star people helped yeah. us. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, what do you make of it? Like, how, when you, something as complex as Tai Chi, which has all of these crazy things that really do have real effect in the body, what's your vote? Like, how do you think, yeah. how do you think that came about? Like...
1: Yeah, they were high. <laughs> they were super high. Super high. <laughs> so I, um, that's a great question, man. I, uh, yeah. You know, I think it probably varies. So I'll tell you two, two of the things that I think are really interesting. One is, you know, I mentioned that I studied um, uh, Native American spiritual traditions um, mm-hmm. uh, in in my early years. Well, I'd say, I guess, I still do. I'm still highly passionate and interested in indigenous spiritual traditions. And mm-hmm. you know, the particularly the um, m- one of my mentors in that work was a was sort of an expert in Plains uh, Plains Indian. Um, uh, spiritual traditions and the importance of uh, dreams and visionary reality um, was profound in that culture in other words it's almost like while there was a structure of spiritual uh, practice it was highly subjective also in that any information that was received through the visionary field or through dreams had to be Given credit by the community at large, yeah. even if there was only one person that's saying this, but if they received it from the spirits, it was valid information. Uh-huh. Particularly if they could turn that information into, uh, you know, utilitarian, uh, you know, into knowledge that could be used by the people. Right. Right. So oftentimes, you know, maybe the 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 benefits of of a particular plant for mm-hmm. healing might be given to someone in a dream or in a vision or something like this. Sure. So you know I think that that is very real I, I don't it's not just plains native I would, traditions it's, I would agree yeah it's human that's that's something we have access to as humans
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I think I think that's part of it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then on the other side, I think you know you were asking about Taiji specifically you know I, I had an opportunity actually when I was in Santa you know Santa Cruz is sort of the hub of the CrossFit phenomenon right yeah. like that where it all started and uh, I, it, I trained I knew for it was
0: busy there did it really like kind of start there?
1: No, oh, it absolutely started there. Really? Like that was Santa Cruz is the birthplace of CrossFit.
0: I did not know that. I knew it was big there. I didn't know for that reason though. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Okay. That's yeah,
1: interesting. It's pretty interesting. Um, so the very first affiliate CrossFit gym was ever off mission and, oh, wow. um, and I trained there for, for a while and those guys were awesome. And, yeah. Uh, so, you know, Olympic weightlifting is a part of Right. Is a wrong part of aspect of Taiji. I mean, I'm sorry, of CrossFit, and and they're great coaches, mm-hmm. and the coaches at CrossFit Santa Cruz. And I remember thinking when they were coaching me on the mechanics of Olympic weightlifting, I was just like, "Fuck, this is this is Taiji," you know? Yeah, yeah. That that to some degree, bodies move the way bodies move, uh-huh. right? And there is an efficient way to move a body, right? And um, and to exert force and power against another object. Right. And we figured that out over, over millennia of using our bodies, whether it's pushing, a hoe or pushing a wheelbarrow or fighting or, you know? And so I I think to some degree there's that too. Uh, Just, it's just trial and error to some degree.
0: Time and observation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Taking inventory. Yeah. You're in
1: the research lab, right? Right.
0: You're there just watching and paying attention. That's absolutely right. Well, I think, um, You know, that first piece, so you said, like, the time and observation, and then the first piece, like, the plant, you know, dialogue, and the dream piece. um, That That's, I think, very accurate. Like, I think that's Mm -hmm. very, uh, that that is a big piece of it. And I know, I'm sure you're familiar with Chen Ching. you know, Mm -hmm. so he, in one of his books, and I forget which book it is, but I was reading about it when he had this huge breakthrough in his Tai Chi training, and it was through a dream. It was the mm. the dream radically upgraded his practice. And he said it was from that point on, the way he approached Tai Chi and his understanding and his ability to to not be pushed. You know, like when people would push on him and it felt like it was pushing a sheet. They were like, where is he? Like they can't find yeah. his root and stuff. And one of the things, the dream he had was he'd been training. There was a period in his life where he was training seven to eight hours a day and he would train so much. Tai Chi that he was drenched in sweat which is not typical to be drenched in sweat from Tai Chi training but he was just working his body and just you know pushing in all these different directions and he had this dream where he um, in the dream he was doing Tai Chi in a park where he always trains but this time he had no arms and he was just a torso and legs doing Tai Mm -hmm. Chi and so his arms weren't there and it was like an armless body and he said his legs he realized his legs went all the way up to his like neck like his like like it was basically like So he said when he was doing the exercises, he when he would push from that point forward, his legs from conceptually had always been kind of at his like qua. His yeah. legs started from there in his mind originally. And then after that dream, he said he conceptualized his legs. That up. is
1: so interesting. Isn't that
0: crazy? He said his legs yeah. like went up to his traps and like... I love that. So he said, you know, that changed dramatically. And when I read that, like... I don't know, 15 years ago or whatever. I remember being like, "Oh man, I want to have a dream about tai chi like <laughs> so bad. I'm like waiting for it, you know." And yeah. and then dude, like 2 3 years ago, I had one dream about uh-huh. tai chi and it was um I wasn't armless, <laughs> but yeah. I was doing tai chi but I had a third leg. And the third mm-hmm. leg was quite literally like between my two legs, I had a I had a a, a third leg like it just looked like my a regular foot that was growing out of my pelvic floor. And every time I would transition from left to right, Mm. that middle leg would actually like support and push up when I would transition from left to right. And I was like, God, that's so cool because it really – that one little tiny thing really helped me like conceptualize my training different. And I think that dream time thing that you're talking about, like that's a doorway I think like practitioners and regardless of whether we're going to be these huge influences in the art, I think we have to sort of – be open to that piece that like dreams, dreams do drop some knowledge, right? They do. Absolutely. They, they bring in that next little layer that might be really helpful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've had a, I mean, that's been a, that's been a pretty profound piece of my journey all along. And, um, you know, I, they've, I've had dreams really alter the course of my, you know, or set, it's funny, actually, I'll, I'll just say this. I have a dream right now that I probably had maybe 20 years ago. That in the last three years, the memory of that dream and this one key element of the dream, actually it was kind of where the dream ended, which it was sort of a point of tension that is is guiding a lot of the work that I'm doing now still. Because I'm yeah. still trying to figure out the mystery of that one moment in the dream. right? And, and so I'm constantly referencing that um, in my life currently. Yeah. You know, it was a 20 years ago dream, but it's like there was a lesson in that that, that, uh, that I'm still working out. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that's cool, man. I I like, I like hearing that you, that you said that and just that you're, you know, you've got, I can tell, and I knew years back when I, when I met you and you had an open mind kind of approach to this stuff. Like -hmm. there's definitely, you're not just like narrow tunnel vision type person, you know? So I I appreciate that. And I, 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 I aim for that too, because I've, um, like I said, I've, I've been with the narrow teachers and it just doesn't doesn't work mm-hmm. and it doesn't suit. And I don't think it's natural either. I don't think it's like actually aligned with how this stuff works. I think it is. Life
1: is too big, man. Life is too big to have an view like that. Like yeah. we just, just miss so much. I mean, I'm just really interested. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Right, right. That's really what it comes down to. Right.
0: Happy to view the show. Right. Yeah. Well, Tony, in, in kind of closing, you know, I do this with all my guests and I, you know, we've usually most of my guests, there's usually some broad things that we, we touch on and we touched on, you know, Tai Chi. We talked about just Chinese medicine as a whole, You know, if you, what's your invitation to people if they are, I would say, new to this world or they're new to, you know, Chinese medicine or Tai Chi or any of these sort of alternative systems that look at life in a larger, you know, comprehensive context, what's your invitation to people in general and like engaging this stuff?
1: That's great. Um, Yeah, be patient Mm -hmm. because none of this, and I believe this about life too, it's it's not linear.
0: Uh-huh.
1: None of this is linear, and so there's there's you know it's and we're trained. You know, if if we were to go into Mex- Western medicine, for for example, you know, it's A equals B, B equals C, C equals D. You know, right. it's it's a it's a pretty straightforward path to understand a process from that perspective. Sure, but these arts aren't they don't follow that path, uh-huh. and so. To put pressure, well, I think a lot of times maybe we put pressure on ourselves to get it. When there ain't no getting it, yeah. you know. I had a I had a teacher who was really, you know, in, in a really fine show of humility, it was just like, "There ain't no perfection, you know. Mm-hmm. There's just every year, hopefully, we get a little more, you know, or a little less wrong. <laughs> yeah. You know, essentially, he's yeah. i like, 'I'm not, I'm not perfect, right?' But." Yeah. I'm less wrong than you probably, mm-hmm. but, but you know, my teacher, he's less wrong than me and right. his teacher before him is less wrong than him. You know, right. like we, we just going to circle around it and we're going to get it a little bit deeper each time. Right. right? And if we have yeah. the patience and again, the openness, mm-hmm. um, to allow it to affect us, um, to allow that knowledge to seep in and connect with one of the things about the Chinese arts, that's, that is talked about from the very beginning, is this idea of microcosm, macrocosm. Yeah. And I think we all rush to try and figure out what that means, or Mm -hmm. we make up answers to what that means. Right. But I think this is the process to understanding that, because as this stuff settles in, and these concepts uh, filter into us, then they will naturally, by affinity, connect with those things that are in us, we are a reflection of that process. And so I don't think we can understand that until we do, Mm -hmm. and there's not there's not really any rushing it. It's just a continued commitment to um, to studying, to going deeper, to living it, to engaging it in a living way, and yeah. So it's just patience and it takes time. And there's no substitute for it. Like you said, there's no shortcuts. Yeah. But just settle in, enjoy the ride.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Right. Get comfortable with the difficulty. Right. It's going to be here. Well, Tony, thank you for for. Being here and doing this interview and just you know giving your um, your take on all these things, I love hearing different different practitioners' approach to Chinese medicine. Like I said, because it is a living medicine tradition, and we're all going to kind of engage it. So thank you for that. And if people want to um, check you out, they want to follow you on social media or get a hold of you or just see what you're doing with this stuff. What's the best way to do that?
1: Uh, so my the website that I that I really, the only website I have is a website for our clinic, which is thrive integrative medicine and it's, um, uh, thrive So T H R I V E S P A C E. Dot net. Okay. And, um, you know, I've been working for a while for, to sort of put an internal arts page on there that people can link to that mm-hmm. sort of gives my background and stuff like that. Um, I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. Um, In due time. but then, and then I have a, I have an Instagram, uh, account that's, um, uh, at Tony Gallus internal arts and that's you know it's just a fun place to get some flavor yeah um yeah but people email me if if somebody's interested mm-hmm. do they have a question or do they want to talk to me I, I love it I love this kind of discourse I really appreciate what you're doing great I think yeah. it's awesome thanks man um and I love this kind of discourse and I think it's super important for us moving forward yeah um so yeah so Tony at net. shoot me an email beautiful Allah yeah yeah Allah yeah, for Allah. sure yeah. Well, yeah. thanks
0: again, man. And I appreciate the work you're doing and just the, you know, the 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 life force that you're putting into this stuff because I think uh, you know, we are all contributing to life in its own way, but I think these things are really powerful and it's a shared passion. So, you know, I dig it. I appreciate it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, great. Thanks, man. I appreciate right. it. Well, take care of yourself, man. All right, brother. You do the same. We'll talk all right.
0: soon. All right, bye. Hey, man.